The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, One on One showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Wednesday, April 22nd, 2015. Listeners, please welcome back one of the hardest working male performers in the adult industry, Michael Vegas. Welcome back, man. Thanks, man. Happy to be here. Good to have you back. It's been a minute since we had you on, and uh, yeah, certainly... it's been about a, like, a little over a year now, right? Actually, it's been a little bit longer than that. Actually, I had to check to see how long it's been. The last time that we had you on the station was August 2012. Wow, that was a while ago. Yeah, man. So much has changed, and so much has <laughs> happened with your career since then, so I'm really excited that we do have you back so that we can chat about uh, everything that you've been doing since then in the industry. I, you know, there's been so much that's been happening. I'm excited to be able to be able to get it out. Absolutely, man. So let's jump into the interview. And typically, during these one-on-one interviews, I like to get stats out the way. So, uh, what's your height and weight? I am 5'10", and I weigh 168 pounds. What's your ethnic background? I am German and Irish. What's your zodiac sign? I am a Gemini. Awesome. What what am I? I am a Gemini, and I am a rising Libra, and I have a Leo moon. Well, there you go. And how old are you? (laughs) I am 30 years old. 30 has been a great year, but it's been crazy. Very cool, man. Very cool. I want to get to know the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from, Michael Vegas? I'm originally from Orange County. I grew up in an area called Garden Grove, and after that I moved to an area called Fountain Valley. The slogan is, a nice place to live. And was it? It was. It was very, you know, I had a lot of suburbia boredom because it's just like, <laughs> the kids hanging out in the neighborhood. You know, we lived close enough to Huntington Beach so we so we could ride over there, try to get in trouble, skateboard all around. So it's it's really safe. But I mean, we, with me and my friends, you just kind of start causing trouble to stay entertained. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, what was Michael Vegas like growing up? What were you like as a kid and as a teenager? Uh. The very first job I ever wanted to have was a stuntman. So I was always the kid that was like climbing things and jumping off of things and balancing on things. And <laughs> I don't know. I love I love movies and I love costumes and I love just playing pretend, riding my 
bike. We had this, we had, so we had this dirt lot over by my house that we called the jumps. It was like this dirt lot behind a bowling alley where some older kids had made some like BMX bike dirt jumps, like super small time. So we'd go over there and crash ourselves all day. Sounds like a fun childhood, man. It was, it was a lot of fun. You know, where, where I lived at the time growing up, we were allowed to roam the entire neighborhood, my brother and I as kids and our friends. So we had like, we had free roam over the neighborhood as long as we were home by dark. Not bad. A great yeah, chance to explore cool. and to get into uh, mischief, uh, as we say the young kids get into. <laughs> kids, these guys. Those kids. <laughs> yes. So what was going on with your life prior to entering the adult industry? Uh, prior to entering the adult industry, I was coming out of a, unfortunately, <laughs> dysfunctional marriage. And I just needed some psychological healing. I needed to be loved. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad I'm able to talk about this now because I'm finally figuring this stuff out. I just needed some good, positive female attention. And I, I wanted to be able to do that without attachment. And so I ended up in this business where it's like, you know, I love sex. I love, I love attention and I want good, positive attention. And so I found a way to get it. And it, it's worked out because I love, I've loved the people that I've met. I've loved the, you know, I love the people I work with. Some of the, you know, I, I have access to so many people with so many great ideas, so many brilliant things happening, going on better. These typically free spirits that, you know, don't live within the normal paradigm or the typical paradigm, at least. Nice, man. Okay. It's good to hear that the adult industry has been uh, very, almost therapeutic for you. It has been very therapeutic because I used, you know, I used to, I used to tone myself down in order to fit in amongst a lot of people because I'm loud and I'm crazy and I'm, I'm just, I'm very open and like, it, like whatever. I'm, it's all about like, it's all about just being yourself and having a good time. And when you do that around, you know, I, I was trying to restrain myself to fit what I thought people wanted me to be or what my parents wanted me to be, um, even though they were never actually trying to force anything on me. Uh, and so I was trying to become these people. And, you know, being in the porn industry, you get enough, you get enough positive and negative attention to to realize what it is that you just need and want. Very interesting, man. So, listeners, if you want to know the story behind how Michael got into the industry, as well as his first day on set and that kind of thing, you certainly have to go to poppychularadio.com slash archives and head on over to the August 2012 folder because you'll be able to download our previous interview where we sort of go in-depth in that but uh, for this interview, Michael, can you fill the listeners in on exactly how long you've been in the industry? Uh, so I got in in 2000, what, 2012, I think. So, I don't know, like five years, almost six years. Very cool, man. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long, crazy journey. That's what's up, man. We got you uh, for an interview early on in your career. Certainly so much has happened since the last time that we did uh, 
the interview. Your career has, uh, in my opinion, skyrocketed. I mean, you've been doing all these incredible productions, feature work, gonzo work, the uh, sort of like the vignette style of productions that uh, has like taken over the internet. Are you at all surprised as to what the amount of work that you get in the industry? Are you at all surprised at how fast your star has risen? Uh, you know, I, I try my best to be an excellent person to work with. You know, I try to make sure that the production companies are getting what they want, that the girls are happy, and that everything looks good. So, as far as, as far as that type of standpoint, no, I'm not surprised. It has been nice. Um, I have had it easier than many in this business. So... So that's been definitely a plus, and you know it is a pleasant surprise because you never know how it's going to go. This business, I've met some really awesome people that just never really made it, and I met some people that are just they should uh, <laughs> they need some behavior correction. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, it's, it's crazy. You never know what the public really wants to see. Well, obviously they want to see you because you keep on getting work, man, and uh, you're getting a whole lot of work. And uh, yeah. I have to give you major props, man, because there are a lot of performers that don't make it to year one, let alone, you know, not even like six months in the business. And you've been in the game, uh, you know, for a few years now. So major props on that. Well, thank you. you know, they, they tell me that my acting is all right, so... I, uh, that definitely helps in shooting the features and stuff. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have any tattoos on the piercings, so I can, I can play anybody. I can be nondescript if need be. So that that definitely is is helpful to, you know, getting more work for yourself. Yeah. Describe your fuck style. Involved. Um, I like what turns me on is the involvement with the scene partner. You know, like if they want to be there participating in this scene with you. And so, you know, you can be, you can be sensual and loving with that style or you can be rough and just trying to fuck the shit out of them. But involved in the BDSM sense to where you need to be paying attention to your partner and what it is that they're doing and how they are responding to what they're doing because, you know, it's about them. It's about you. And it's about having fun and connecting and just creating this beautiful chemistry between people, which is what I think others want to see. As someone who interviewed you early on in your career in the business and has been following your career since that interview, I would say that your fuck style has evolved throughout the years. Would you I would agree? say that it's definitely evolved. I, it's been so long, and it's you know it's one of those things like you see yourself in the mirror every day, so you don't really know to change. How would you describe it? I'd say 100% what you said, and I also will say that there's like an intensity. Like, there's there's this intense passion in your scenes, there's this, and and as well, there's this intense sort of, um, I don't know, what would you call it? Um, 
there's a bit of aggression in it, but it you know it's in those scenes that warrant it, and in other scenes there's sort of this intense passion in it. Yeah, I I definitely try to think passion when what I'm doing a lot of my movies because you know, that that's the connection to me. That's where my passion comes from. Uh, the aggression <laughs> it, it's funny because I have to try to be aggressive. Though. Like more aggressive because I'm just like I just want to love you. I just want to hug you. <laughs> but people, people get torn in the five form because they want to see somebody most of the time get fucked. Mm-hmm. Very true. Overall, throughout your career in the industry, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? I love working with Carter Cruz. She's, you know, I think she's just one best in Starlight. She is awesome. Um, she's one of the people that makes you feel. You know, she'll she'll let you connect with her uh, when you're making making love to her, having sex with her, fucking her. However, she just, you know, she you feel like she wants as much. Jade Nile is a new girl that I've worked with that is just, you know, I did a scene with her finally, and she does a great scene. Uh, Riley Reed is fantastic. Indian Summer is amazing. You know, I haven't worked with her in a while, but her scenes are always great. And she's a great actress, too. You know, the, the list goes on and on, but I feel that the girls that always, you know, the quote-unquote superstars, the girls that make it really big, they all have a similar similar quality of you feel like they want it and like they're enjoying it, and they connect with you, and they participate in the sex. On top of that, they know how to model and look good while they do it. So it's, it's that sort of energy and involvement that I feel that the girls brought back over and over and over. I like that answer. Certainly some good choices for the listeners to check out those uh, scene pairings. Now, as far as performers that you haven't worked with, are there any performers out there that are on your must-do list? Performers that you're looking forward to working with uh, in the future? Uh, you know, I don't have anybody really on my radar right now. I want to work with Asa Akira again. I, you know, I haven't gotten to work with her very many times, and I feel that it's always been a lot of good energy. Awesome. Uh, I would like to do another scene with Jade Nile and get my contact. You know, she's a good performer and you know, she, she can really take a dick <laughs> pardon my language but it, so it's you know it's fun to work with girls that you feel really really want um, yeah there's all I, I love them all big tall and small very cool since you have been in the industry for a couple of years now I want to talk about just like who you socialize with in the industry. Who are some of your good friends in the adult industry? Uh, you know, I'm really good friends with Ash Hollywood. Uh, she's a fantastic person, and uh, I've known her from the beginning. And, you know, we've been friends a long time and seen each other through a lot of things. So it's, she's a great person. Uh, who else do I hang out with on the regular? Jay Niles, one of the people that I do hang out with on the regular. I hang out with Wolf Hudson, who's a good buddy of mine, and a, a neighbor. Um, 
hang out with a few different camera people. And, you know, this wonderful artist, uh, Ashes Wednesday, he's just a super great photographer. Uh, he takes a lot of the pictures that float around with me. And he also does, he's doing this really cool, like, superhero, like, girls wrestling villain sort of uh, fetish site, which is great. Um, Johnny White, he's the creative director for Stockroom, uh, Stockroom.com, and a really interesting person and another cool artist. Who's in the industry? I see Carter Cruz pretty, pretty frequently. I saw Rad and Ray the other day. Basically, anybody that is. Anybody that tries to live in a positive space, um, I've had a lot of drama in my life, and I've learned how to remove that drama from my life. So, you know, I just keep positive people around me, positive, happy-go-lucky people that are willing to examine themselves and try to constantly strive for self-improvement, self-betterment. Very cool. I like the sound of that. Do you watch your own scenes or films? Uh, I don't typically watch my own production. I've watched my own acting every now and then, and that's kind of weird, because <laughs> when I see myself acting, I'm looking at myself like, oh, I'm acting. Like, I can't... I know exactly what I'm saying. I can't see through <laughs> from a third person, so I'm looking at myself and it's like, oh, I'm just making that up. Of course. So I feel so dumb when I watch myself. That's funny. How old were you when you when you saw a porn film for the first time? I think the first time I saw a porn film, I was... I must have been like 16 or, 15 or 16. I don't know, between 14 and 16. But I think around like 16. My my friend had gotten a hold of this VHS tape and had Ron Jeremy in it. It was like it, <laughs> you know, the Ron Jeremy that you know today, and that Ron Jeremy did not look like the same person. So I was like, who the fuck? Like Ron Jeremy isn't in this. He, he looks like this guy. <laughs> so it was, it was really funny. I, I don't I, I don't know whatever happened. I had it stashed for a long time. Hopefully the uh, hopefully the pornography got delivered it to. <laughs> Someone in need. Exactly. <laughs> That's too funny. Have you ever told uh, Ron Jeremy about that? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I've introduced myself to him a number of times. And uh, <laughs> I don't think he would know or remember or, or care. I don't know. I just don't get that sense. That's too funny. Speaking of funny things, what has been one of the funniest things that has ever happened to you on set? Oh, man. Uh, oh, my God. I, you know, I live in a world of just crazy people doing crazy things. So I'm laughing all the time. Yeah, I've been... I got... I think I got cummed on the other day. I mean, that's 
<laughs> it's always like pretty kind of disappointing when you walk away and you're like, oh, wait, I didn't come on myself, but I have come on me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> little, little unfortunate. Um, I don't know. Just things that you have to be there for. But life on set is a very, very entertaining place, especially when you know when you're trying to play serious. And sometimes the mood is really serious, but sometimes everybody's friends with the crew. And so when you're trying to be serious, those moments turn into hilarity because everybody, everybody is trying to hold the still air for you so you can do your job. And some of them aren't as good as you are. And you can just feel that, feel that laughter really the burst forth and it gets to be too much. From the funny to the embarrassing, has anything embarrassing ever happened to you on set? Oh, yes, but I didn't get caught. I'm going to expose myself right now. It's kind of gross. I was, uh, I was done doing a scene, and we were in Venice Beach, and we were all like walking back to the hotel where we had shot. And as we're walking back, I was kind of trailing behind everybody. I was like, eh, you know what? I'm going to walk back there because i got to fart a little bit. As I was walking, I totally sharded myself unexpectedly. Oh. Oh, my God, right? And so they were, like, way ahead of me. But thank God, it was literally the very end part of the day. So I could just, like, go back to my car, abandon underwear in the trash, and go home. <laughs> Narrowly escaped. Wow. <laughs> well, Wow. Yep. I, There's I no response, it. but uh, Michael <laughs> Vegas keeps it real, which we appreciate. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes life brings you unexpected moments like that. <laughs> exactly. And those listening, I mean, they can't say that it's never happened to them. <laughs> and whether it has or it hasn't, it's coming. coming for you. Exactly. When you least expect it. Good grief. So from that to... Let's talk about crazy things, because that sure as hell was crazy. What's the craziest thing that you've had to do in a scene? What's something that after you did it, you're like, wow, I can't believe I did that? Um, you know, when you work working for kink, brings some unexpected things. They have some really cool ideas off of that. The gangbang there is interesting. Um, you know, the last, the last one I did for them was a, uh, a baseball team gangbang. So, like, this whole baseball team just basically <laughs> took this girl into the locker room and fucking destroyed her, which was, I mean, what a cool fantasy. You get to live out all these people's fantasies. Um... I still feel like one of the craziest things that I ever did was to get towed on a flatbed trailer full of hay bales while, and, <laughs> and have sex while somebody, multiple people on motorcycles chased us around and threw water balloons at us. That was pretty well, outrageous. There you go. Before we get into talking about some of the amazing productions that you've been in, I do want to talk a little bit about Kink.com because you have been doing some work with them as well as some work in BDSM infused and like 
fetish-infused productions. Uh, are you enjoying getting the chance to play around with fetishes on film? Yeah, yeah you know, it's, it's great, and I have so many of them. And I, you know, my biggest one is watching other people enjoy their fetishes. So it, it's, been, it's been an interesting experience. It's been a fun experience. Um, and it's, it's like adult play. It's like, you know, you answer in the BDSM world, the first world, it's like if you set up rules of a game with your friends as adults, and then you play them. They're sexual games, mind games. It's fun. Awesome. Not the kind of games that Jigsaw likes to play. <laughs> In a way, yes, but on a less violent scale. There you go. So let's talk about these fantastic productions that you've been in. The last time that we had you on, we sort of talked generally about parodies, and uh, I do actually want to explore some of the parodies that you've been in, as well as some of the great feature work that you've been in as well. So let's start off close to the very beginning with uh, 2011's official Deal or No Deal parody. Oh man, I saw photos of that circulating the other day when I had the bald cap on. That was crazy. Yeah, man. That was a crazy experience. So the bald cap sealed in all of the sweat that I was sweating from my head. Oh, wow. It felt like having a water balloon on my head when I was having sex. Like, it was it was crazy. It was, it was like, it made my temperature so hot because my head couldn't breathe and I had all this hair under there. That's crazy. What's up with Michael Vegas and water balloons? You know, it's part of my life. Exactly. Next up, I want to chat about uh, 2011's Scooby-Doo, a triple X parody. Can you share with us some an anecdotes on the set? I'm sure that one was probably crazy because you guys are playing cartoon characters come to life and you guys are dressed as the cartoon characters and you guys are having sex. Yeah, that, that was a crazy movie. That was a lot of fun. And one of the movies that I get asked if there's going to be a sequel to most frequently. I don't know. I would love to do a sequel um, everybody tell Eddie Powell and Houston Patients that they need to do a sequel to that movie because it was a ton of fun. Uh, you know, Evan Stone played the ghoul and, you know, just running back and forth, running around through the house. Like, it was zany as fuck. I believe it, man. I also want to talk about 2011's Heartstrings, which is actually one of my favorites. I thought it was a beautifully done production. It was a very wonderfully done production. Uh, you know, I had there were some songs that I had to learn to lip sync and make it look like I knew what I was doing up on stage. Uh, so that concert part was really fun to shoot. Uh, back in Brooklyn, Lee was still in the business. Um, mm -hmm. It was fun to act across from her. I feel like I really like that production. I feel like story movies have gotten even bigger and better, and you know, they go smoother. And I always love doing the things that she puts out. Very cool. I had the chance to interview Brooklyn Lee uh, a couple of years ago at an Exotica convention, and uh, she you know, spoke wonders of uh, you as well as the production. She really loved the production as well. Yeah. So I think Storm is supposed to be doing another Western coming up, too. Like, Western uh, country-themed sort of thing. Very cool. Awesome. Okay. I want to go back and talk about 2012's Buffy the Vampire Slayer Triple X, a parody. Yeah, directed by Jeff Koga. What was that experience like, especially getting the chance to play Spike? It was, you know, I've never 
I was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie fan. I was oh, never really yeah. a I was never really a series fan. Um, so it was interesting to go try to see Spike and see what sort of character he was. Um, <laughs> it was fun. It was a fun movie to do. I that's another one of the photos that I see pop up frequently of myself, me with that like super blonde hair. Yeah. Platinum blonde. Yeah. Let's talk about 2013's This Ain't Star Trek Triple X, number three. We recently had Anna Fox on the station, and uh, I had interviewed her before as well, and it had been some time, and I remembered that uh, when I had interviewed her the first time, she referenced you because you were her first ever scene partner in the industry for her first ever scene and so I asked her about this production because it was almost like a reunion of sorts you know she got the chance mm -hmm. to have sex with you on film for a second time you know after a bit of time since her very first scene so what was that experience like you know with Anna as well as you know taking on such an iconic character uh, I've always liked Star Trek and I like I like the Captain Kirk character. He's such... He's so arrogant. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, and, like, so... Seemingly unknowing and just... <laughs> his, the, that character study cracks me up. Um, it was really fun to get to play Captain Kirk because he's such an iconic character. And, you know, working with Anna Fox is wonderful. She's such a great performer and just a sweet person. Um, and she was such a trooper. You know, that was another one of those, was another one of those Axe of Braun movie set moments where he just kept everybody there exceptionally late for no reason. And we ended up doing the scene at like two in the morning after like a fourteen-hour day or something. So you know, at that point, you're just like, let's stay awake so we can get through it. But you know, even still, she is she's such a great person. I like connecting with her enough that we were able to get through and make it a great scene, I felt. Next up, I want to talk about another Stormy production, 2014's Haunted Hearts. Yes. That was interesting. Stormy Daniels uh, going supernatural. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember I'm trying to remember the full synopsis of that movie. It's been so long since I've done it. And that one you were paired up with uh, Dana Diarmond and uh, Leah Love, if that helps. Yes, I, I remember Leah Love. I remember Dana. I'm trying to remember. It was like it was like somebody's grandmother's house got left to them yeah. or something like that. And I think there was some ghost sex in there, yes. if I can remember correctly. Who doesn't love ghost sex? <laughs> Who doesn't love ghost sex? That was a fun movie. Um, you know, strangely enough, it, it turned out to be pretty well received, and we weren't really sure how it was going to turn out on set. You know. And there was some production struggles that were slowing things down, and like morale was a little bit low in the movie. But I liked the way it turned out. The parts I've seen, anyhow. Next up, another 2014 production: The Hunted, City of Angels. The Hunted was cool. That was shot, man. That was shot early on in the business, but it came out. I think it took two years to come out. Wow. Um, so it was in it was in hold for a long time. I I really liked that movie. I got I got to do some really for me parts that were fun acting. Um, 
you know, having to deal with my wife being murdered was really fun to do. Getting up and just, you know, acting across from Barrett Blade, who's a great actor, made everything, you know, it's very high production value for me. Very, you know, everybody really wanted to be there. It was a labor of love on that one. Another 2014 production that I want to discuss is Sleeping Beauty Triple X, an Axel Braun parody. Yes, Sleeping Beauty Triple X. Weird. <laughs> another, an, another even later movie. This one we made it till 7 a.m. Wow. So, yes, yes, yes. So, at. <laughs> Let me share this story because I thought it was So, you know, we were on set uh, all day the day before uh, up in, up in like the Hollywood Hills and, you know, with this beautiful set, wonderful locations. We were out there, um, got to do some acting across from uh, Annika Albright and Nick Blue were there and they were both on set. Wonderful people to be around. And, just watching that all go down was a great experience. And then for my, so I did, I think I did my scene with Annika that evening at like seven o'clock. And so that evening, you know, did the scene with her. It was great. I went home till about 2 a.m. and then slept. Yeah, so I went home and slept about 2 a.m. And then Axel called me back because I had the scene to do with Stormy Daniels <laughs> because he can't get his shit together and direct anything in a timely manner. And so we ended up there at like 7 in the morning, uh, Stormy Daniels and I ready to do the Maleficent scene. And I told <laughs> I told Axel because I had, uh, I had an extremely important place to be that he has... <laughs> You have 26 minutes to shoot this entire thing because that's how much footage they need. And I said, I am walking away after that because you've had as much as my time as I'm going to give you. And what do you know? We got it done and it turned out great. I, I love the way, uh, you know, the sets were great. The green screen stuff was fun to do. It was, it was epic. That was my first green screen, uh, like major green screen experience like that. And that was a lot of fun to do. Wow, you are a trooper, man. <laughs> well, the fourth time he did it to me, I walked off set. Wow. Well, there's that. Yeah, you know, I, we, we had reached a deal. This was at Barbarella, which is a cool movie. It's something I really wanted to be part of. And we had gotten to a point, I had a root canal the next morning, and I was there from... 11 a.m. and I nothing started happening for me until 11 p.m. Total waste of my time, right? Wow. So, so I'm there, not complaining. I still want to do this, and I, you know, I've been telling his PA that so he can relay it to Axel that at 2 a.m. I'm leaving. Like you have had more than enough time to complete anything you needed me for, or you've wasted my day, and I'm leaving at 2 a.m. I'm gone. So about. I don't know, about midnight comes around and Axel comes and says, look, I can't get you out of here by 2 a.m. There's just no way. Do you know how my movies go late and they run long? And I said, yes, I do know. So I'll tell you what, if we start my sex scene by 2 a.m., I will stay here and I will do all of it. Well, 2.15 comes around and 
let him know we're still doing dialogue. No sex started. 2.45 comes, and he says, okay, let's start. I said, nope, I'm sorry, I'm leaving. <laughs> so <laughs> he had a meltdown on set, but I walked off set because I just won't stand for that sort of treatment. Yeah, well, I think you did the right thing. Yeah, it, it was unreasonable. You know, and like ever, he likes to push people's buttons, and every time he was testing me more and more. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I'll ever work for him again after that one. <laughs> well, sometimes it's the principle of the thing. Every, you know what? A lot of people lose their principles in this business for money. And that's something I refuse to do. Well, major props and lots of respect for you, man. I'm, I'm glad that you're one of the few. Thank you. You're welcome. Another production that I'm curious to ask you about, I hadn't included in the list, but uh, after you sort of uh, giving us behind-the-scenes scoop as far as like the hunted City of Angels uh, being in the can and having not been released for a while, I'm kind of curious if this is similar case. Uh, another... Uh, digital playground series that I want to discuss is Forever. Oh, the vampire movies. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think those came out, but they just didn't. They just, you know, they never took off. Or like one of them came out, right? A couple of them came out. There was the what was the first one uh, that came out? There was one that came out where uh, it was like Lisa Ann and. Uh, and A- Asa Akira were vampires. I, f- I forget the name. A Lust Bite. That one came out first. Oh, that. But that was, was a Brazzers uh, one. But I guess it's a, it's part all part of the same family now. So that was when. Oh shoot! What's her name? Beautiful Asian woman was one of the vampires. She was like the vampire queen. Correct. Yes, she was. She was the one producing, um, and then Francois was directing. And oh, so this, interesting. Like, right. So this weird, like, she kind of got out of business, but there was still this awesome movie that needed something to be done with that you know so many people worked so hard on. So it like shifted around as to who was doing what, producing what, and getting distributed for who. So, I'm not really sure what happened in all of that. Okay. Miko Lee. Miko Lee is her name. Miko Lee went off and started, like, doing underwater filming of sharks and stuff as a diver. So, I think I think she just kind of changed careers. Well, there you go. And now we're at present day. Wait, what'd you say? I said I'm very excited for her. I love sharks. Awesome. And now we're in the present day, and a production that I want to discuss is uh, 2015's Shades of Kink Volume 4, where you have two fantastic scenes, one with uh, Riley Reed, and uh, the final scene of the production is with you and Chanel Preston. Mm. That was a lot of fun. So I've always You're been all in, up in a cage. Down. Right, I've always I've always been into femdom. Um, this year, I decided to explore that more. So it's been fun. 
it's been fun having these you know these awesome performers that you get to long, work alongside with help me explore that side of my kink um working with riley reed always amazing she's just such a wonderful person the crazy part about that movie when i went to burning man this last august i ended up shattering my heel bone you know, my left calcaneus and so I, was I off think work I remember for a seeing long... a picture of that on your Twitter feed. Yeah, I was off work for, you know, it, I was not walking on it for a month. And wow. then I was off work for like two months after that or something. Just in this <laughs> haze of painkillers to be able to, you know, make it through the day. And then I would... You know, I finally started coming back to the world. It's like I hadn't been working. Um, just moving out of the place that I was living in. And it's like, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? So James Avalon, wonderful director, wonderful person, um, wrote into a role for me uh, working with a cast on my leg. So one of the scenes, I had a cast on my leg. And one of them, I had like, I had a walking boot and I had crutches. So he ended up working that in to the, the whole overall story of the character for me uh, to be able to perform. Um, that was a crazy man. That was a crazy movie, a crazy time in my life. That was a crazy story. Performing with a cast on. Yeah, man. There, there's some people that perform it. with a fake cast on, but you perform with the real one. With <laughs> the real one. That was uh, that. You know, I I haven't gotten to see it other than the playback when I, you know, I, I performed it, but the falling over in, in the bathroom was just some rechanneled memories of how bad it hurt when I hurt my heel. And like, that was, that was one of the times when I saw myself acting and I was like, okay, that looked really good. It's when I was, that did that tangible screen. Another recent production that I want to discuss is uh, Striker, the series. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. Those were long days. That was a lot of fun. It looks like it would be a lot of fun because it's absolutely crazy. It, it was crazy. Tommy Pistol, I love that dude. He is hysterical, and he is he's so funny to be around on set and just a general good person. And <laughs> it's like it's like living striker or living out uh God, I can't even remember the name of the series. Archer. The modeled after Archer. Mm -hmm. And just like it was like being in that world all the time because everybody was just kind of like on and doing their thing and there was so much happening. It was that was a, those were crazy days and so much fun. I believe it, man. And for Tommy Pistol headlining the series, you had more sex scenes than him. I know. That's what I thought was funny. Like, we were all trying to figure that out. The best part is, is that my character's like, he's always the one trying to not get laid or, like, not have sexual encounters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just keeps happening to him and he keeps doing it anyway. He was such like a, <laughs> such a shit. Yeah. It was good. Fantastic scenes, great acting, hilarious, and insanity. Thanks. That, those are scenes that I would like to see, because I wanted to see how my, my delivery worked. It was very good, man. 
You should give yourself props. Well, thank you. You're thank welcome. You. Now, one of the most recent productions that's getting a lot of uh, buzz, uh, at least for its content, is the production In the Flesh. In the Flesh? Which one is that? It's the one, I guess the premise is, I don't know, because I believe it's either just dropping or just recently dropped, so I, have, I haven't even had the chance to see it. But the premise is apparently that it's like it's like the, they're calling it, I think, the first religious porn movie. Hmm. The first oh. Christian porn movie or something like that. Oh, yeah. That was great. That was uh, Michael Pisco's movie. And... You know what? He's a crazy person, and I love him. He's like, <laughs> like, he has some of the most out there ideas, and you know, he works out these scripts, and like, it's so much fun to work for him. He's definitely one of my favorite directors to work for. Uh, you know, Alec Knight played Jesus, and yes, if you watch this movie, like, it's a really, really deep message that's <laughs> that's in this movie. And, you know, to have porn alongside it, I was like, it was really, like, it, what a powerful script, honestly. Very cool, man. So listeners, definitely check that out. Yeah, it was, you know, it's about about how powerful shame really is and why people aren't doing what they want to do to make themselves happy. <laughs> Deep stuff or a porno? Right? Yeah, and man. I mean, like, it's a funny script, but that's like the pretty much the underlying message is like, wow, okay, <laughs> all right. I want to go back to something that you said a couple of answers ago, that basically you're exploring um, kink as far as femdom this year, mm -hmm. or, or at least more recently you've been exploring that. Yes, I have. So how deep into that are you are you going to get into? Are we going to end up seeing you on Divine Bitches on uh, kink.com? Uh, I was thinking of doing a Divine Bitches scene. Uh, Major Stu and I have been talking and still working things out. Um, there's a good chance I'll do one. I'll do one. See how it goes. Okay. <laughs> Sounds exciting. So we've got the scoop here on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Indeed. Very cool, man. So let me ask you the question that I'm sure a lot of your hardcore fans and supporters are dying to know. How much is Michael Vegas packing? Um, I don't know. I usually only pack one or two suitcases. But I'm bumch. <laughs> no. You know. That was good. I <laughs> give you been, points been, on that. Thanks. It's, it's been so long. I would say I'm honestly like seven and a half inches long. And I don't know. I'm looking for something to compare it to. I'm standing in the kitchen. <laughs> it won't fit in a paper towel tube. How about that? Bam. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure someone out there got really excited right now. Right? Somebody started visualizing paper towel tubes. Yes. That. Everybody's like... So, you tell people to do the jerk-off motion, or you tell girls to do the jerk-off motion, you can see what size dick 
they secretly want or are used to having by how big they hold their own hand because it's just the muscle memory of like standard dick size. Oh, that's too funny. Try it. Everybody try it. Have other people make the jerk off motion and you'll see how big they hold their hand. That's a good way to find out how slutty a person is. <laughs> life hack. Yes. Hashtag life hack. Alright. Let's talk about the pop shots. The pop shot's called the money shot because, mm. you know, after you pop, that's when you get the money. But it's also a part of the scene that a lot of people look forward to. Do you do anything in particular to maintain a consistent pop? Are you the type of person that uh, eats certain things, you know, takes certain vitamins, or do they just, you know, do you abstain from doing stuff, or do they just come naturally to you, no pun intended? The longer that I am turned on, the larger the pop shot will be. And I have to be well hydrated in order for my body to be willing to release as much fluid as it can. So good hydration. Just eat healthy and have some proteins and drink lots of water. That's what I have discovered affects it the most. Mm-hmm. Okay. So listeners, yep. if you see a massive pop from Michael Vegas, just know that he was extra turned on. I find that my second pop shot of the day is bigger than my first. Oh, okay. Because that one has to be worked on the most. Maybe. I'm not, I haven't figured out why. The answer will be mine one day. <laughs> there you go. The secrets to the universe. Yes. Good. Good. <laughs> I want to switch up the tone of the interview just a little bit and talk about uh, some of the serious issues of the industry. And I want to start off by talking about family. Does your family know about your career in the adult industry? And if so, how do they feel about it? They do know about it. Um, you know, my parents have always been the type of people that want to they want to be able to talk about their son and, their, and his job. And they have lived a very conservative life, um, even though very liberal thinking people so it's hard to it's hard to for most people they haven't accepted going past the judgments of others to be able to just say my son does this and I'm proud because he's happy so I have come to the point with my parents where they're not really excited about my job but they love me no matter what, and so I have an awesome relationship with them. I like that. It's good. Is there a misconception or myth about porn stars that you would like to dispel? Um, that the typical porn girl is unintelligent. You know, the girls that speak up and run their mouths the most tend to be less intelligent because, you know, intelligent people don't typically run their mouth when they don't know what they're talking about. There are many, many intelligent people in this business that and many, many capable people in this business that just do it because they, they, they don't want to exist in that typical paradigm like I was talking about. Um, if you want to approach somebody in the adult business, don't approach them 
talking about sex. Don't approach them just saying, hey, you, hey, hi, hey, hey, you're, hey, hi, you're hot, hey, man, hi, hey, you. If you want my attention, do something that gets my attention. Say something funny, post something witty, do anything that makes me look at you instead of just yelling at me that I should be looking at you. So get people's attention, not by asking for it, but by doing something that gets their attention to the public out there that want to interact with those in the adult business. You've been starring in a few productions that are in the stepbrother, stepmother, that kind of genre. I like to call them incest light because that's basically what it is. I mean, obviously, it's not incest because none of you are related, but you guys are sort of thrust into these roles where, you know, you're talking about banging your stepsister or you're talking about banging your stepmother that kind of thing so i like to call them incest light because that's really what it is you know it's sort of exploring these really taboo or i should say this really taboo uh topic this really taboo niche are you having fun playing around with these scenarios on set what was it like like the first time that you had to play around in in this scenario was it at all kind of weird ish in a sense Hey, having sister, to do come over first, here. Uh, having to do it the first time was was odd. Um, I didn't. I wasn't putting myself into my roles as much at that point. So, like, I I think that's why I got through it so easily. Later on, it was like I started thinking about it more, and I was like, okay, this is this is a little strange because I don't know. Like, this is not a that I typically visit in my head so it was like hard to try to gain that headspace and now later on I've done you know I've done so many of them and it's like it's the taboo it's the off limits aspect um, it's you know whatever they get out of that fetish it's it's a healthy way to see it lived out and so I can play into that headspace for a while while I do the scenes and it's been fun in your opinion, is there any competition among male performers in the adult industry? Yes. Um, you know, competition for work, competition for... It's like high school. It's like a popularity contest. I want to move away from the serious questions, but before we get into the next section, I do want to give you props on two really great scenes that you've done. And since they aren't part of uh, a feature production, I didn't include this in uh, the previous section where we were talking about some of the great uh, features and uh, parodies that you've been in. But there were two Mm -hmm. scenes that were dropped by uh, digitalplayground.com for their, like, vignette uh, series and productions that they're doing exclusively for the web and one mm-hmm. of them was you and i believe it was in the shower amy anderson really really large breasts yes maybe it was amy anderson in the shower i think it was amy anderson okay it was amy anderson in the shower and then it was uh there was like a foursome that you did that was kind of funny with uh phoenix marie alexis adam and Stephen St. Croix. Yes. That was, man, that was fun. 
Steven St. Croix is really fun to act across from, so the acting portion of that was great. Um, that house that we shoot at is, you know, you see it all the time, but it's such a beautiful location to be at. And it's uh, <laughs> the the way that the that the story played out um, of, how, of like the parents' reaction and everything. I think it's always it's atypical to what you see on so many of the scenes that when it gets thrown in there, it's like it's fun to play that out. Awesome! Very cool, man. So moving into the next section, I want to talk about romance in the industry. In your opinion, is it difficult to be in a romantic relationship while working in the adult industry? Uh, I think it's just as hard as it is uh, in the real world if you are trying to have sex with multiple people. Um, it all comes down to how honest each of you are with what you want out of the relationship. And so if you want... If you want multiple sexual partners and the other person's okay with that, then porn will probably be an easier space for you to achieve that. Um, you know, everybody has their own rules of how things should go, and you just have to follow those rules. So if everybody just follows the rules and does what they've agreed upon, things work great. You know, rules can be ever-changing constantly discuss and be in communication things can be fluid is it easier to date someone in the industry versus someone that's not in the industry for me yes it has been let's talk a bit more about you to shave or not to shave that is the question and I'm curious to ask this to you, I mean, obviously we're talking about down there, but as well just general manscaping. When you started off in the industry, you were smooth, and now not so smooth. So, what's gone into the evolution of uh, body hair and Michael Vegas? You get older, you get hairier. <laughs> well, there you go. And it's too much work to maintain it. On top of that, when I decided to just like let it grow for a little while. I started getting more compliments. I go, oh, I like your chest hair. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Fortunately for me, I am so blonde that I can go a while without doing it before it just looks like I'm turning into an albino gorilla. <laughs> Michael Vegas went through puberty overnight. Right? But, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's more fitting to who I to who I am. Aww. Michael Vegas is a big boy now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How often do you work out and uh, do you at all have to consistently watch what you eat in particular when you know that you have a shoot coming up? Uh, I watch what I eat as much as I can. I try to eat healthy because my body likes it better. Um, so I, I mean, my diet I'm not really concerned with it's just how I eat it's not that unhealthy the working out I mean I dance around I'm always moving um, I'm a very active person but I don't really work out 
per se. I don't have a gym membership. I don't go to a location to work out. No, just stay active and lots of vigorous sex. Which we all get to witness. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of it we get to witness. <laughs> You're watching, watching my workout plan. Exactly. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Michael Vegas. Hmm. I like going to the Renaissance Fair. But that's not really unique. I just like it. Uh, I can solve Rubik's Cube. I love juggling. I spend a lot of my time juggling. Um... I think everybody knows about my photography, but I love doing that. I've got... I just took a great, great photo set the other day that I released a few photos of. Um, but I'm going to be doing more photography stuff. I, I can airbrush. I can airbrush and monster masks. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Michael Vegas is ridiculously artistic and creative. I just like... I don't, know. I don't really like watching television, so I just try to do things to keep myself entertained. Sounds like you're doing the damn thing in regards to that. <laughs> it's working out pretty well so far. Yeah, man. We all need to hang around Michael Vegas. Everybody come hang out. There you go. Party at uh, the Vegas residence. Yeah. Describe yourself in ten words or less. Intelligent, honorable, trustworthy, loving, caring, adventurous, crazy, lazy, stubborn, friend. As we start wrapping things up, I want to allow the fans to get to know some of your favorites. So this is a, a set of five pop culture oriented questions. And after hearing your answer two answers ago, I'm actually kind of scared to ask the first one. What are five of your <laughs> most favorite television shows? Um, House of Cards, I really like because I like how it is showing the power games between people. I just watched uh, the season premiere of Game of Thrones and that was the first Game of Thrones I'd ever seen so that was I mean that was really cool very interesting uh, South Park South Park and <laughs> American Dad I don't know that's about all I watch Futurama Okay. I was worried you were going to say nothing, but I'm glad that you said no. something. Okay. Awesome. Next question. Okay. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Wow. My music is always changing. I love The Doors. I really, really like The Crystal Method. But... Like, it's just this one album of theirs that iconically sticks in my head. I don't like most of the stuff they do now. So it's hard to even say that. <sighs> Man, you just blew my mind. I, I am always downloading new... 
I'm always downloading new music and listening to new people. Um, Govinda, I love. I saw them live and they were amazing. Dick Dale, um, the king of surf guitar. <laughs> He's been doing it forever. He is amazing. Beats Antique is awesome. Uh, I don't know. I can't even think beyond that. That just hurt my brain. Follow me on SoundCloud. It's Michael Vegas. You'll see the music I listen to. Sounds like a plan. What are three of your most favorite films? Uh, I just saw Persona by Ingmar Bergman. That was amazing. I love Ghostbusters. Such a great movie. Rad, the BMX bike movie. Amazing. Um, Star Wars is always just an incredible movie. The whole the saga. It's, you know, <laughs> there's so many things that everybody can personally relate to in that about everything. Um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Wonderful. Alien. Awesome movie. The Fly. Lord of the Flies. Also awesome. Love that. Sounds good. What are two foods you can't live without? Chicken, rice. Chicken and rice. I was going to throw in broccoli, too. Why not? And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Uh, I love candy. I love candy so much. What's your favorite? I like Butterfingers a lot. And Never I lay a finger. On my Butterfinger. Sour <laughs> belts. I love ice cream. It's sweet. That's so bad about it. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? I just discovered honey vanilla ice cream, like artisan ice cream. It's got like little blobs of honey throughout the creamy vanilla gelato. It's glorious. Ooh. Yeah, it's great. I'm going to go buy some later. Very fancy. What's next for Michael Vegas? What can the listeners expect from you in the near future? Uh, more photo shoots that I'm doing with other models. Um, I'm trying to have my photography game this year. Uh, as far as movies go, more story movies. I'm supposed to be in that Western. I just did, I just did a really cool scene for Stormy. Um, the movie won't come out until the end of the year, but it was me, her, and AJ Applegate in a, like, weird head trip doctor's office, total recall sort of feel. Oh my. Right? Should be cool. Nice. I don't even know what the hell that's going to look like, but I'm quite fascinated. <laughs> it, the premise for her movie is awesome. I'm, I want to watch it. <laughs> Sounds good. I can't wait to see it. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, official websites, etc., etc.? You can find me on Twitter, at Vegas. You can find me on Instagram under Michael Vegas. You can find me on the web on Tumblr and my 
personal site. My personal site is thesoulfeetvision.com. Uh, there's not safe for work photos on there, so I need to update that and have a splash page, but beware. Um, but a lot of really fun photos that I take throughout my life, um, so you can see some of the craziness that I've participated in. And it's Michael Vegas on SoundCloud. I think that's it. Awesome, man. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in right now? I love you all. Thank you for your support. I hope to continue to entertain and hopefully enlighten. Follow me on Instagram. Nice. Well, I certainly want to thank you so much for coming back for a second interview, Michael. It was great to catch up and to, you know, pick your brain about this great career that you've been having thus far in the industry. Well, I'm happy to have been able here, and you asked a lot of great questions. I was glad to do it. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Certainly the door is open for more whenever you want to come back and update the listeners and your fans on what you've been up to. You're more than welcome to. Very much appreciated, my friend. You're welcome. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of One on One with Poppy Chulo every Wednesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. And with that, Michael Vegas and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night, everybody. Let's go. Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com or leave us a voicemail at 305-515-8620. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio and like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week. <laughs>